Hello, and welcome to the Data Cloud Podcast. Today's episode features an interview with Madhav Sadhu, Vice President of Marketing Technologies and Data Engineering at Tailored Brands. He has spent the last 10 years building their IT and data engineering and has seen it all. Today, he shares that expertise with us. In this episode, Madhav talks about how he uses data to respond to clothing trends, COVID's impact on the retail industry, Web 3.0, and so much more. So please enjoy this interview between Madhav Sadhu and your host, Steve Ham. Madhav, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, our podcast listeners are well aware of, of Tailored Brands, two, two of their main brands, the Men's Warehouse and Joseph A. Bank. But it would be great if you could give us the bigger picture about the company's businesses, its business model, and the competitive landscape. Thank you, Steve. Men's Warehouse is a men's specialty clothing retailer. We specialize in men's clothing such as suits, outerwear, pants, shirts, whatnot. And we also have a pretty big rental business. If you ever want to shop for a prom or for your wedding, and if you happen to have a tuxedo to be rented out for yourself or your for your kid or for your friend or for your party, typically people look at men's warehouse. So we are very well known for our rental business, along with the retail business, which which I just briefly talked about. Yeah. And it's is it the two retailers or are there additional brands? We have two more brands. We have Morse, which is also called as uh, MSP. It is based out of Canada. The business model is similar to Men's Warehouse and Joseph Bank. And we have another brand called KNG Fashion Superstore. We, this, this is a brand based out of US. This brand specializes not only for men's fashion, but also for women's and kids' fashion items as well. So what are the major trends in retailing and fashion industries that your company faces and how are you dealing with them? So major trend that we are facing is people moving towards business cash flows. And we started adapting to this merchandising trend five years back. And that has been helped us to put back being the number one men's specialty clothing. So we are pretty good. Our merchandising our team is pretty good in understanding the trends that are happening in the industry and adapting very quickly to those trends and coming back on our feet. Yeah, yeah. So, so that trend toward business casuals, it's been a long time coming, but your company stuck with stuck with a more formal wear for a long time. But I guess there was a tipping point. It sounds like that really sent sent you this signal that we're gonna we're gonna also add these other products. Do I understand that correctly? Absolutely. But but once again, this was like five years back. That was the major trend shift that happened within the okay. industry, right? Okay. And we, yeah. we were prepared for that. We have data that we are collecting and we were preparing for it. So we quickly adapted to that. The other trend that, that we are seeing in the fashion retailing industry nowadays is people tend to like to get personalized recommendations, mm. whether it is in-store experience or e-com or, or email, right? If you had shopped with us, we would have known our brand very well. We are top class when it comes to in-store customer service. However, when we go to e-com or email, we, we, we are working on improving those channels to have the same personalized experience that you oh, okay. used to have in stores. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you a good story. I think you'll enjoy this. I have a personal fondness for Men's Warehouse. And that's because back in 1989, I worked for the San Jose Mercury News just down the 
down the street from Men's Warehouse headquarters. And we had an earthquake there. And the Mercury News did a bunch of coverage. We got the Pulitzer Prize. And I bought my sports jacket for the prize ceremony at Men's Warehouse. It was a very nice sports jacket. So I just want to give kudos to Men's Warehouse for a little piece of my history. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. And we hear that all the time. We hear that yeah. from our customers all the time. Yeah, that's great. Now let's talk about you for a minute. What's your role in the company and what's your agenda? I play two different roles in the company. One is the head of data engineering. In this particular role, my main agenda is to democratize the data, get the data as quickly as we can from the source system and keep it in the hands of analysts and business users so that we can make informed decisions quickly and be ready with our next, it could be the marketing marketing promotion or it could be the new merchandising trend. So my, my role primarily is to make sure the data is available in the right hands at the right time. My second role, is I also had the marketing technologies. Hmm. And as part of this particular role, I am responsible to make sure that we are having a pretty good experience with our customers, whether it could be the personalized emails, it could be the personalized experience on the website, or it could be the email campaigns that we are sending out, or it could be the SMS channels and other social channels that we are that we are reaching our customers. My role is to make sure that we are selecting the right technologies, tools, and vendors to make this happen. Okay, very good. In your career, you've held technology jobs for IT consulting companies. Then you came to the men's warehouse a decade ago. How have your experiences prepared you for the challenges and the opportunities that you face now? Another excellent question, Steve. Actually, this helps me go back to my memory lane and, and, and think what I used to be as a consultant. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, so being a consultant, the primary advantage that you'll get is you get to see multiple domains business domains you get to see multiple technologies deal with different people deal with a different situation every day so that can that can sort of prepare you to become a leader wherever you go and understand the problems that that particular client has and deliver those solutions that that will elevate those problems right right coming from that mindset when i initially joined men's warehouse we quickly realized that the data is all over the place and i adopted some of the beautiful things that I learned as an IT consultant and implemented those practices, best practices, and and implemented the first enterprise data warehouse back in 2012. And to give an example on some of the practices I learned as a consultant, which really helped us even today, is rather than utilizing a tools such as Data Stage or Informatica to move the data, we just adopted an ELT methodology. People were not doing it back then, but I observed one of my clients doing it as part of my consulting job, and I really liked the way, and then I implemented it here. That really helped us in the last 10 years to democratize the data quickly as as much as we can, as well as move to Snowflake without much time being spent on my Interesting. So you really modernized the data pipelines for the company. Absolutely. Absolutely. From all, all the different data types, bringing them in. And that's and that's really cool. How once you did that, you were really made, it made you more ready for Snowflake. Very correct, cool. Correct, correct. Yeah. And, and that, that is from the technology side. If I may add, yes, yeah. The the other thing that being in a permanent, the primary difference I observed between a consulting job as well as permanent employment is in a consulting job you don't get to get to know the entire broader spectrum of the business. 
and as well as the depth of the business. Being in a permanent company, you get an exposure to the entire 360 degree view of the business, as well as depth in each and every portion of your business, which will help you to become a better domain expert, either it could be from your business domain or from technology, that, that's what shapes you. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a very interesting point. You know, you, you've been at Men's Warehouse for a decade now. I run people into people in the industry who, you know, they've been a year and a half here, a year there, and a year and a half somewhere else. And I just don't know how they, I mean, it just doesn't seem like they get the continuity. They get the, the, the breadth of context in their, wherever they're working. So I just am amazed that people can do that. And I, and I really, I really respect the way you're doing it. Just getting in there, working different jobs, developing your skills, getting more and more responsibilities. So that's that's really good, smart move. Thank um, you. Now you mentioned Snowflake. We we mentioned them a couple of times. When and why did Tailored Brands engage with Snowflake? We were using an MPP platform back in 20, 2016. We implemented that platform in twenty twelve, and it served good for until twenty seventeen or so. But at that point, we need to upgrade our MPP platform to the next version. Rather than upgrading. To the to latest version, what we did is we just took a step back and said, what is our business needs or in the next five years? Is the platform that I'm going to upgrade right now, is it going to take care of those business needs or I need something more flexible and scalable, which is going to take care of my business needs for the next five years? When we took a step back and looked into the market, we looked at Snowflake and of course, there are other, other platforms as well. Sure, sure. But what caught our attention with Snowflake was its its scalability, its resilience, no database maintenance. There are so many things I can talk about it. So yeah. all the problems that we had with our old MPP system has been solved with Snowflake. Right at that moment, we know that this is going to be the future and we need to get onto this journey as quickly as we can so that yeah. we have complete advantage on our on, yeah. on, our, on other side. Was Was the old system, was that on-premises? It was on premises. Okay, yes. so this was this was the big shift of of applications and data to the cloud. I, I think it was the great migration. In fact, Snowflake was the first cloud migration that we have done in our company. Yeah. Followed by there are a lot of other things that we are doing now, but it was our first cloud migration. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. So on Snowflake, what are the most important applications you've developed? on the data cloud and what kind of benefits have you gained from them? We are using Snowflake to drive a lot of analytics and help business make informed decisions. Some of them, some of the examples are like inventory planning, sales forecasting, churn analytics, customer segmentation, supply chain visibility, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. And we are also building a lot of analytical models by consuming the data from Snowflake and building these models in Python. Some of the more examples are like pricing, A-B testing, churn prediction, so forth and so on. So we started Snowflake to be primarily used for reporting and analytics. Now we are at a stage where we are started building models using the data that is available in Snowflake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you do use it in conjunction with Python, where you build the model. Do you build the models within Snowflake and Python or, or, or still out, outside of Snowflake. We use Jupyter Notebooks and yeah. build models. We connect to the Snowflake, get the data from there and build the models there Yeah, and then deploy it. Okay. I got you. Yeah. One of the, the keys to your company is you talked before about personalization. 
So how are you using data to kind of be more engaged with your customers? We are in the journey of building this customer 360. We started this journey this year. As part of this, what we are doing is we are connecting the customer data from different channels. It could be our point of sale, it could be our e-com, it could be our contact center or social media, whatnot. So we are building this single view of customer and trying to understand the customer trends, their needs, what are the issues they have with, with our brands and trying to address them by either reaching out to them and taking care of their concerns or by giving them a, a coupon, marketing coupon, which they're most likely to buy or giving them some loyalty benefits, which will help them to come back to us. Yeah, I would think your brands both have a lot of loyalty, a lot of people who come back. I mean, both the rental thing, but also just Men's Warehouse and Joseph A. Bank because people buy important, you know, traditionally, they're buying, very, these are very important purchases. You know, an ex, a, a suit is a sometimes expensive purchase that, that you really want to make the right choice with and you want the right quality, all that kind of stuff. And you mentioned the loyalty program. Is there anything specific you're doing with data around the loyalty program that's, that's making it stronger? Yes, we have done multiple A-B testing saying if we, if we change our loyalty model, let us say right now we give 500 points for $50. If you change it to 250 points for $25, how is it going to perform? So there's a lot of A-B testing that has been done. And wherever we found success, we started implementing them. But we are also looking at implementing a new loyalty platform where not only we can do loyalty points, but we also want to enhance the customer experience by giving them some services which we are not able to offer today. Now, what's next in your use of data analytics? What do you see out in the next six months or a year or so? What I strongly believe is we are in a pretty good shape right now where we can start taking this data analytics to the next level. We are focusing very heavily on building models. Some of the models that we are, we are planning to build are like customer lifetime value, propensity to buy, churn prediction, targeting promotion based on customer behavior. Once again, we are going to use the C360 data to make that information, which promotions works well with that, with that person. As well as we also doing a lot of stuff on supply chain, understanding the inventory churn, understanding the forecasting of our orders as well as replacement analysis. So sky is the limit that we're planning yeah. to do with data analytics, but we are also planning to create the models and expose them as real-time models to our selling channels. We are doing some proof of concepts, and that is another cool thing that we are planning to do. Now, beyond your company in particular, when you look ahead over the next year or so, what major trends do you see emerging in data management and analytics? I think, Steve, I can confidently say that whoever was still holding on to the on-premises data warehouses, I think they, they have enough confidence now where they will start moving to Right. cloud if they have not yet, right? So I, I see that majority of the companies, if they are not yet, have not started the journey, they will be very quick in, in getting onto the wagon in the next year or so. The other thing I see is with this cloud warehouses being so popular with the scalability features, there's a lot of demand for real-time capabilities. Gone are the days where people will wait until the batch jobs are done and then do analysis. There's a lot of need for real-time capabilities. That is something which is going to 
turn up very quickly in the next one year or so. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. The COVID crisis has been hard on formal clothing brands, brick and mortar retailers. It's been hard on a lot of people, a lot of businesses, but in particular, I think formal clothing because of, you know, the work at home thing. How has your company used data to help deal with these really incredible pressures? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're taking us back to the memories, which we don't want to go back to. Yeah, I know. 2020. Beginning of pandemic, uh, just like any other retailer, just like any other fashion company, we also had to go through very hard time. Um, and the data played a major role in understanding our current financial current financial model, how, how quickly we can come back. So there's a lot of role that data played in being back in business. The other other thing that we that where we use data heavily was to start opening our stores. As if you if you recollect your memory, not the entire country did not open on the day one. There were some pockets of countries which were getting open, right? Now we have stores all over the country. So we we used data exposed by Star Schema, which was provided by John Hopkins. And then we tried to understand the areas where we can start opening the store. So we combined the past purchase history with the opening regulation restrictions and the dates, and then started opening the stores with informed decisions whether they're going to work out profitably or, we are, uh, you know, there are a lot of decisions that have been done for store opening during this COVID crisis. Oh, that's interesting because I remember that very granular data available in Star Schema. So different parts of the country had hot spots and you didn't want to reopen a, a, a store in one of those, but 50 miles away might be, you know, ready to go. So this, this is the kind of thing that you analyzed. It, very interesting. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other, other thing that we also did was, it's part of COVID crisis. One is the other one, supply chain problem, right? We all know that in 2021, we have a lot of yes. supply chain problems. Now, we we have used data extensively to, to understand the bottlenecks of supply chain and took some quick measures to make sure we don't have inventory problem at, at our stores. Yeah. We connected the data from different multiple data points. It could be from uh, shipping companies, it could be from our vendors, it could be from our internal systems, it could be from a system called Project 44. Okay. Uh, we collected all these data dots and then realized how long it is going to take for our inventory to hit our stores from the vendors. Yeah. And if needed, we flew the flew that product in or we, we, we found some other alternative me- methods so that the product is available at our stores. I see the future. Fascinating modern age we live in. Is this what the future holds? I'm going to ask you to put on your visionary cap now. Looking out five years or more, how do you see data analytics transforming business and even society? It's a, a very good question, Steve. I see there are two major trends that are happening when it comes to technology, which, which are going to be groundbreaking in the next decade or so. One is Web 3.0. Web3.0 is going to change the way how business collects the data today about a customer rather than business owning the customer data now customer owns their own data. This is going to create interesting trends on how quickly businesses like us can adapt to getting that customer information and making some useful insights out of that. Web3.0 is also going to bring in AI-driven services it also make us do decentralized data architecture and edge computing. So it is very exciting that it's happening in this world. You mentioned Web 3.0. 
you know, so many people are talking about Web 3.0. They're talking about the metaverse, you know, and we get bits and pieces of it. So could you define those two terms and also how do they overlap or what, what's the, how do you compare them? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Let me, let me explain you a little bit about Web 3.0 first. Sure. We are in the generation of Web 3.0. Web has gone, undergone three types of iterations. One is Web 1.0, where people like us don't have access to add anything to the website. We are just a consumers, and the developers are the ones who build the website. That trend right. was there until 2004. Right. Then from 2004 onwards, Web 2.0 came into picture, where the end users can start communicating with their friends, families, whatnot, or create blogs. Yes. They can start communicating on Web 2.0. That's the era that we are in. Now, the future is Web 3.0. Web 3.0 incorporates concepts such as decentralization, blockchain technologies, token-based economics, metaverse, NFTs. There are so many things that you can do with, with Web 3.0. This is evolving at this moment, but this Web 3.0 technology, is made core concept is decentralization, and the decentralization not only talks about decentralizing the web, but it also talks about decentralizing the data. It talks about having the customer data being given to the customer rather than to the company, which needs a lot of ways how, how businesses are taking care of customer data, how they are interacting with the users is going to completely change. So for example, Metaverse. Since you also talked about metaverse, let us talk about an example of metaverse. Being a being a fashion retailer, I can I can think about going into metaverse and shopping for men's warehouse brands, right? It is it is a virtual reality, and you have your own you have your own avatar. You go into the metaverse, you look at your avatar, you pick pick and choose whatever suits you want, and then buy it from there, and the items will be shipped to your store. The concept is going from B to C where business to consumers to business to avatar b2a it's called as b2a yeah there's a lot of exciting things coming up yeah yeah now let me ask you this about you know when you have the your avatar in the metaverse going to the men's warehouse or joseph a bank store so this is a very specialized kind of avatar because it actually has the measurements of you correct so that that when, all right so when you try something on your your shape is actually you know, it's it's similar to your shape in, in reality. And when the, the store gets the message about what yep. you want, your order, yep. they know exactly how to fit you. Exactly, exactly. It, it, it is a concept, but this is going to become reality in the near yeah. future. Well, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I ask myself, well, what, do I really want to be in the metaverse? <laughs> this is actually one of the applications that I say, yeah, well, that's, you can see that. That would be really helpful and really easy and really convenient. So the, uh, thank you so much for the, uh, the gift of an example of the metaverse that would be, that I could see uh, could be really good. Thank you. I'm glad. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Really need to dig deep and get to know the real you. In the real up close and personal. We typically end the podcast on a lighter, more personal note. Now, I understand that your son is going to the senior prom this year. Is this going to bring a big change in clothing style for him? 
Absolutely. Being a teenager, he wears hoodies, he wears jeans, which has some holes in it. I never get that concept. Or at worst, he just wears some shirts and, and goes out, right? And this is very, I always want to see him nicely dressed up. I get to see, see that whenever he performs orchestra, but once again, orchestra has its own dressing code. And uh, being at Men's Warehouse, I go and help at the stores where I look at a kid who comes in, just like my son, wearing a hoodie, wearing a shirt, and then they go they go inside the dressing room, come back with a with with a nice tuxedo with 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 shoes on. Uh, that is a completely different kid altogether. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I see those kids, and I'm like, I want to see my son one day like that, and I'm glad that that year is going to be this year because he's going to go to prom and I get to see, get that experience yeah. first time. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun for you. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned, you said that sometimes you go to the stores just to kind of see, you know, you're the data guy in the background, but you actually do go into stores and kind of observe, right? We do. We do. So that is okay. a culture that we have within our organization where all the leaders, whether it could be technology or business, we spend time with our, uh, with our stores or with our distribution centers so that we understand the business processes that are going in there, understand their pain points firsthand, and see what kind of solutions we can provide to them. That is the, that is the best way how you can think about providing a solution for your business. Yeah, that's very interesting. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you today. And I, I really like, I want to combine two things that you said. You talked about how essential data is, both in responding to COVID, but also in responding to this big change that's even beyond COVID in attire, in business attire, from more formal to more casual. So data has been absolutely essential in that. And, and, but at the same time, the executives of your, of your company go out into the stores and just use your eyeballs and, and see what you're seeing about the business process, about the customers, and that kind of thing. So I do actually think it's kind of refreshing to hear somebody talk about that combination of things, because sometimes it's like, oh, it's all about data. Well, there are other things too, right? Absolutely, Steve. And now you know why I'm in this company for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com slash data dash cloud dash world dash tour.